So what's up guys, my name is Donovan Beck. Welcome back to the Mind of Soul podcast. Today we are doing another interview, another discussion. Um, and I'm joined by my friend, comedian, and fellow storyteller, George Aguila. Throughout the past few years, George has made acting and comedy into a staple of not only his, in, his innate personality, um, but also his aspirations for the pantheon that is Hollywood and the cinema scene. Um, I'm excited to chat today about the ins and outs of aspiring creative from the perspective of acting, more or less the perspective of filmmaking like I have, um, and just the incredible story that is the artistic journey of George Agula. So welcome to the podcast, George. That was way too flattering. <laughs> I just want to start that. That like uh, for, for those of you at home listening to this uh, podcast... Um, yeah, I what totally he said. Talk the shit up. That like that. that yeah, it. wait. So we can curse on this shit, right? <laughs> we can. We, oh fuck yeah. Okay. Um, many of you know I'm very brash. Not with my a, language. not too family friendly of a show. No, I, not family friendly at all. Oh my god, I can't even tell my parents about this. I'll be, they'll be like, oh, I did a podcast, and then they're gonna be like, can we listen to it? No, no, you shouldn't. But yeah, no, that's like a like in college resumes where like teachers tell you to lie. Well, quote unquote. Like extend the truth, fluff up yourself. Fluff up the truth. Yeah, you just did that for me. But yeah, thank <laughs> no you. Worries. Yeah, of course. Thank Welcome. You for having me on Welcome this. to the show. So, um, I know you, yes, but you what do. is the story of like George? So I met you a couple years ago when I first came to Saugus High School. Yeah. And we started getting to know each other through filmmaking. Um, yeah. through you the same were PE class. Yeah, we had the same PE class that too. Was that hell. was a long time that ago. Was hell. Um, <laughs> but you were a filmmaker for our school's um, like news network and yes, everything like that. I was. And I've seen a progressive change, not in the artistic sense of you being into art, but in the form and genre of which you now call your home. Yeah. Um, so you move from a lot of the production side of things, from the filmmaking, camera operation, stuff like that, to yeah. now what you do today, which is a lot more of the acting, comedic, um, and growth aspect of it. So how did that story begin for like George Aguila? I I guess it began well I mean really when I was born uh, <laughs> from the womb I came right. out perfect shot now I everyone knows I'm not a perfect shot <laughs> um, but yeah no it kind of started I guess elementary school really I guess my my parents always like told me like oh you're good at acting you're mm -hmm. you're like such a dramatic child and right. I always hated that because I'm like no I'm not a I'm not gonna do acting what is that it's kind of that's stupid right, right but right. then like. In, in kindergarten, that's mm -hmm. when I, like, there there was, like, a career day at kindergarten, right? I, I assume you had this. Yeah. Anyone listening at home, I assume you have this, too. <laughs> um, but it's, like, you got to choose what you want to be when you grow up. And uh, I chose movie star, right? Okay. So I had, the, like, the whole, like, the clapper. Clapper. It it's, it's a clapper. Okay, it's, like, the thing where, like, they do the scene. People are going to understand what I'm saying. Right. Um, but I did that, and then, like, I had an Oscar with me, and then, like, I did this, like, Mm -hmm. Hollywood pose. Nice, for stuff. sure. Um, but yeah, that's what I said I wanted to do. And like for years, I put it off. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be something else and whatnot. And then I had the opportunity in, in seventh and eighth grade to, to do like TV production because like mm -hmm. there wasn't really a theater program at Seiko yet. Right, right. And I like also like it still didn't like attract me as much as like it should have. But like always like movies, telev television, mm -hmm. like anything like yeah. video or, or creativeness wise mm -hmm. I love right yeah and so yeah like getting into to, to the video production program at, at Seiko CNN that kind of like helped me like blossom my creative yeah plant 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so that kind of led you more into doing it in high school and exactly, everything like yeah. that. Um, but you eventually moved kind of away I, from that I sphere. Did. Yeah, um, it, it was um, it was a tough, a tough change because mm-hmm. I didn't expect it. But once I just said fuck it, mm-hmm. I stuck with it, and it's been a fantastic decision. One of yeah. the best decisions I've ever made. Yeah, most definitely. So, like in the grand scheme of things, what what do you title yourself as? I know, like, for especially for artists like us, it's like we hate the idea of having a title. What we do because it's oh, yeah, one, it's title. it's super super hard. <laughs> it's yeah. like I make stories. For I living. do. I, I just I do just, things. Yeah. I. Um, so what what is the artistic sphere that is George right now? I got no clue. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean I get because I like I like doing it all. Like yeah, I mean yeah. if if you put if you put me behind a camera, I'd I'd love to shoot yeah. things. If you have me direct, I'll fucking do it if you have me act I'll, i love that i just i guess a jack of all trades jack really of all trades, yeah yeah that's what i'm kind of going for that's awesome see if i can like dabble in everything mm-hmm. so what's your uh i know we were talking just a little bit earlier about like school and everything right now because yeah. you're a theater major at coc likewise yeah. to me um but i said i'm a business major um <laughs> he's caressing his college of the canyon water bottle yeah right so now. i i had this um philosophical debate in the car right before I walked in because um, I have a hydro flask and uh, I fig- and I won this this college of the canyons drink thing what is it water bottle it's a water bottle it's yeah a water it's a reusable <laughs> water bottle because I like to save the planet but like I was like making a decision like do I want to bring this one in or do I bring my hydro flask in and then I realized that the this stupid thing would make more of a discussion than uh, <laughs> than um my fucking hydro flask. Fair enough. Um, so you're now doing theater at COC. At COC, yes. Um, so you're, that's your where you're at right now. And I yeah. know this is like a really hard topic for a lot of artists and people. With the degree field that you're going into, how do you feel about that as a stepping stone to what you progressively want to do? Let me ask you this. What do you want to do when it comes to I art and creativity? I know it's not possible, to, but I want to do it all, right? right like right. I want to like be successful enough to to where like my kids don't have to like worry about going to college, yeah. paying for it, do, doing everything. Like and and I think that's like everybody's dream for their yeah. own kids in general. But like for me in general, it's like as I I have this this bracelet here. Mm-hmm. It says SNL bound. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think thank Brooke Hugo for for getting me that for graduation that's present. Awesome. Um, but I SNL really. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, fucking everywhere, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah like, I guess, uh, yeah. Because I think theater right now, what it's helping me do, it's like, not really breaking me out of my shell, but it's like, kind of helping me step out of a different comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And like, with all these with all these classes, it's like, teaching me new ways on how to not only like, like, and better myself, but like, on how I can push myself forward and keep going and keep mm. learning more and more and eventually getting to obviously SNL or even hosting my own yeah, show or something. Yeah, and that's that's definitely a cool topic where um, I think especially for artists where we're always in this constant state of change. Yeah. I tell all my friends that are artists or have an artistic and creative sense of themselves where they're like, everything you do is all about the change that you experience. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that change from you being a lot more production oriented to now a lot more I'd say production oriented, but like producing and creating and being an actor 
in a sense, was a big comfort zone shift for you originally. Yeah. Um, how have you felt about those comfort zone shifts through your entire history as an artist? Um, from just the little ones or the bigger ones, the big changes and things like that. Yeah. That you've noticed in like yourself or the things that you do. I've noticed is like, because if, if people were... I don't want to say lucky enough to know me in ninth grade because that's not the that's not the that's not the word I want to use. But if like if people like knew me in ninth grade or like seventh grade and, and otherwise, I was I wasn't this like outgoing like loudmouth motherfucker that I am now. Yeah. Right. I I was like a kind of reserved, kind of like still not out of my shell because yeah. like I I was just always like. I don't want to get into the sob story. Is it too early to get into the sob story? It's your story. As a child, I was bullied severely. <laughs> no, but As like, we, yeah. But yeah. like, it was hard for me to make friends during yeah. elementary school, and I did have friends, and and I am thankful for those friends. But um, it wasn't the best environment, yeah, I guess. It wasn't easy. Yeah, and so that's why, like, it was always like hard for me to kind of like break out of my shell and and like kind of be the the funny guy, I guess. Mm-hmm. That I am now. Did you always feel like that person was inside of you? Yeah. Um, so yeah. So like I talked to like especially getting to mentor a lot of artists recently. I talked to I'm like this like there is a feeling inside of my gut, and this what I want to be versus who I am yeah. externally to a lot of people. So you always felt that sense of yourself. Yeah. Um, like I always felt like I have like I had a knack for like something. Yeah. Creative. Yeah. Yeah. Because like I mean obviously like. Like, growing up, like, I love playing with fucking Legos, like, mm. creating my own shit, making it, and then being proud of that. Yeah. That's, like, that's something that's so, so, like, satisfying. Yeah. Where, like, you see something that you've been working hard, mm. and I know Legos is kind of a stupid <laughs> metaphor, but, <laughs> but like, it's, it's but, yeah, like, yeah. think about it, like, if you're building, like, a Lego Death Star, mm. you're gonna put countless and countless hours into that, yeah. and, like, you see the final production, you're like, I built that shit! Yeah, yeah. And then, like, you drop a Lego, and everything goes, <laughs> everything goes away. You step on one, and it's a bad day for the rest of the day. But... Yeah, I, yeah right? Oh. I've stepped on Legos before. I didn't feel pain. <laughs> Pain's all internal, motherfuckers. Oh my god. I'm sorry. Uh, you're um, like on I really I really enjoy that. In um the Lego metaphor? The Lego metaphor, <laughs> yes. But the idea of change. Um I feel like that is a very scary subject to a lot of us, especially artists, um, because we get into comfort zones. Yeah. Um, really, really drastically sometimes. Have you ever felt like there was a comfort zone moment of yourself? Oh, yeah. And 150%, man. Yeah. Like, and especially these are people listening are normally other artists or things like that. What was your pushing moment, whether it was by yourself or by any external factors, like a friend or family member or anything like that, that got you through a lot of those moments? Yeah, it was um, the audition for the improv team. Okay. Because I was scared to fucking death. Cause here I am, like, this is this, this tiny Mexican kid. I'm still fucking. I did. I probably have grown an inch over the last two years. But still, <laughs> point being, there's this Mexican kid who kind of looked like a younger Gabriel Iglesias if you gave him glasses, right? And here he is, and like, just just like always being reserved behind the camera, shooting all the actors, mm-hmm. and I'm out here trying to do comedy improv, which is like. You have to have like balls of steel for that yeah. shit. Like, <laughs> like here I am, and like I, I show up to the, to the audition and everything, and I'm freaking out, right? Mm. And then um, Justin Doucette, my he's a good friend of mine, and um, 
he he we, I was at the audition I was freaking out I was talking to him and like any any ideas or any any tips you want to give me mm. and he's like no nah, just don't just relax and don't worry about it and then he tells me I put your card last which he thought it was a joke uh, it ends up I was the very last person to go <laughs> nice. so I sat through like an hour and a half of improv auditions and like here I am just waiting for my name to be called just right. like dear god dear god dear god and eventually I got up there and they I got my two like two character cards, mm -hmm. and then they're like, all right, make two characters off of this and just go. And I'm like, it goes nothing. Right. And I fucking did it, and here I am. I was I was on the improv team. He that was, was on the improv best team, two dude. damn years of my life. Yeah, and it was amazing shows. I got to see a ton of them throughout high school. They were, they were fun. Yeah, that, that was, was awesome. That was and awesome. so that was one of those moments where... Yeah. I love I lo to put it this way. It's the jump first fear later mentality um Damn. where it's a lot of the things we do are scary as balls um but where do you think you would be if you didn't i feel like i'd be kind of hating myself obviously way more than i do now uh <laughs> no but i'd be like kind of kicking myself in the ass like mm -hmm. why didn't i fucking do that right like because I see how much it's impacted me. Right. And like, cause the theater, the improv team was such a like nurturing experience for me. Mm -hmm. Cause I like, cause I had people who not only cared about me, but they cared on how much better I got. Yeah. And they wanted to, they wanted to be invested in that. Right, and that's right. why I think like, not only like, uh, like senior members of the team, like like Camden Espino, Tate mm -hmm. Dickens, who, who really helped me and, and who like, kind of brought me up out of my shell right. and like helped me be more comfortable on stage and everything. And um, kind of going back to the, to the thing where you, where you were talking about like something where you just had to say like, go and fuck it. Like mm -hmm. another thing is musicals. Yeah. Like I, there was no way in hell I thought I was going <laughs> to fucking be Gaston. You think I, I was like, here I am, you know what? I'm going to fucking do Lumiere just yeah, for the yeah. hell of it. Yeah. And here I go fucking being Gaston. I was scared shitless because mm -hmm. I don't like, think the sound of my voice sounds good. I mean, I don't think anyone else thinks my sound of my voice sounds good either. But like, singing wise, it's just like, mm -hmm. like I have a shit ton of respect for singers because yeah. like, they can play sold out arenas and everything and 100%. like, they, they're not afraid of like, yeah. using their fucking tool. While me over here, I'm like, barely trying to like, sing or anything, mm -hmm. even though like now I just sing constantly. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that was like another big step just because like, because everybody loves musicals, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just nice to see everyone dancing and whatnot, and mm -hmm. like, that was fucking terrifying. Right. Like singing in front of people who mm -hmm. like, could obviously judge you like severely. Yeah, yeah. But like coming out of that and and like breaking through, like that was another like kind of push mm -hmm. to where I was like, you know what, I I don't really have anything to fear because if if people are confident in my talent, mm -hmm. I guess. I don't want to sound like 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 a dick no, or a cocker, but, but like, if people are like confident in my talent, then I should have some confidence with with my own with talent them, yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a big stepping point for a lot of artists is the idea that we can constantly hear, not even constantly hear praise, but we can be like our friends, our family, our fans, people who look up us, look up to us, especially like on social media now. Like oh like your art's so good etc etc etc. It funny. doesn't really mean. 
It doesn't really mean. This is the great thing about having a comedian on the podcast because there's just these little sidebar comments. You use the term comedian so generously. I just want to tell you, like, um, what I was saying, like, there's, um, there's this constant state where there's a lot of input where people are telling us like, yeah, you're doing great, you're doing great, you're doing great. It doesn't really mean too much because until you believe it yourself. And like that's not to sound conceited, that's not no, to sound yeah. prideful. Like I tell anyone that I work with, I'm like, there has to be a certain level of pride in, in your, what you yeah. do. Or you just wouldn't do it. Um, even with me being like a lot of my focus in my business is humanitarian, teaching younger artists, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Why? Because I take pride in the fact that I'm able to help people. Exactly. And um, and and something like like going along the lines of what yeah. you were saying, something that I think it's also important is that like for excuse me. For artists, it's like, you're getting all this praise, but like yourself, you yourself has set such a high standard for what you should be doing. Mm -hmm. And then like, it always feels like you're coming up short. Yeah, always yeah. feels like you're coming up it's short. It's that creator's even curse Even though you get, vibe, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like you always want to be bettering yourself, but like you don't know how. Mm -hmm. And that's why like, it's always just like receiving praise is good and all. Yeah. But like, I feel like a lot of that has to come from like yourself as well. Yeah. Like, like being confident and that's something like I, I struggle with like yeah. a, a ton. Like yeah, we've had conversations about this, yeah. And and I think that's like something that's just so so needed is like mm. comforting yourself and like realizing that yeah, yeah you're fucking good. And yeah. that's why people like what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So be confident. Yeah, we yeah. like uh, we've had conversations, I've had conversations with other people about when did I start charging for photo shoots or how do I start Gauging myself or how do I ask for money for the things yeah. that I do because at the end of the day We're artists. Gonna we gotta, we gotta yeah. make some I'm money gonna uh, I'm gonna have a job <laughs> No, and so it's Remember like you, my right my biggest thing I tell people especially like this is in the photography sense I'm not too sure how it works in like the acting sense or anything like that is You know and can gauge how good you are especially when it comes to photography, you know the process and the hours it takes for your abilities yeah so gauge your price upon that value um we were just talking we've talked before like... about yeah you can walk up you to can it. gauge your <laughs> actions like i'm worth this much if you don't want to pay for my time i can go somewhere else i'm an expensive bitch <laughs> yes um we had this conversation before about just the self-worth um, especially because I think every artist in general can attest to dealing with depression and anxiety or everything oh, yeah. like that, right? Um, we've had this discussion. How do you, how, because it's a reoccurring curse, obviously, where it's, there's sometimes, some days are harder than others. What over time have you taught yourself to help deal with those days or those feelings of why am I doing this? This isn't. A right choice I'm not making the right decision especially coming from and I mean this in the best way because we've had this conversation about like a Hispanic family Hispanic background a little bit tougher on the ideas of yeah. what success means and everything like that how have you dealt with those moments in your lifetime where you're just like why am I still doing this what can I do good friends yeah yeah that's I've been blessed with fantastic fantastic friends and i'm i'm so ever thankful that they're in my lives and and they know they know who they are um 
but they're always there. Yeah. They're always supporting. And that's what I feel like people need. You need support. Like, you need a good support system. If your parents can't support it, if your parents can't, like, uh, I don't want to say, like, step up, but, like, I guess I guess that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, um, yeah. If, if they don't, like, kind of, like, accept what you're doing or whatnot, mm -hmm. find someone who, who cares about you and who cares enough to say, hey, mm -hmm. you're fucking good. Yeah. Like, don't, who gives a shit about what everyone else is saying? Like, I, I'm saying this personally because I care about you as a person. Right, right. You're good. That was a chime. <laughs> I, I care about you as a person. Right. Is that a, is that a Jeopardy bell? Yes. Did we end up winning? <laughs> <laughs> Did we end up winning? Welcome to uh, George Aguilar's ASMR. What's happening? Donovan just got some lemons. <laughs> yeah, Donovan just got some lemons and uh, he's walking back as we speak. We have lemons. <laughs> My neighbor just brought over lemons. I'm not gonna play with I'm not gonna distract <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna fucking continue, continue while let's Back start. to what I was saying. Um, <laughs> So yeah, no, you have to have like a good support system. Like if someone tells you, like someone, good friend, and like I know friends come and go, but mm -hmm. like you, you know you're going to have real friends at the end of the day, right? right? And so if they're telling you and they care about you because mm -hmm. they wanted you in your life, yeah. people can easily just not decide to be not be your friend and like throw you away, right? Yeah, 100%. But like real friends at the end of the day are going to be there and they're going to support you no mm -hmm. matter what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And they're going to see the passion that you have instilled in you. Yeah. And I think like when it comes to family, which is it's especially hard because yeah. like you're always trying to strive for uh, for like a level mm -hmm. that I'm not gonna say it's unattainable, but in a sense it is because like I don't think you can ever truly please anyone and you just have to try your best and yeah. be and say to yourself that, I put my heart and soul into this and this is my best work and if you can't and accept that yeah. and realize that I'm that what I did is is worth attention and, and respect then mm. I, I I don't need your negative yeah. criticism and I, I don't need any any Every of this kid bullshit. wants to be a kid that their parents can be proud of. Yeah. Period. And like that's really one of the hard things. <laughs> really the hard thing? <laughs> one of the really man comedians and dislike okay. Oh, um, when, like that's one of the really hard things is like you're constantly working on that boundary. Yeah. I was having this discussion the other day about metrics and values, um, how <laughs> metric system, yeah. Um, but just like a thermometer, just like how we gauge distance and everything like that, there's a set of metrics that we use, right? So like feet, inches, like kilometers. But this is like goals. Yes. Yeah. Um, in the same way that we gauge all those things, we gauge ourselves upon a certain value metrics and things like that. Yeah. And I think one of the really cool things I've gotten to witness in artists is our metrics are very different from the older generations as well as our parents and things like that because they are value oriented more or less than they are goal oriented. Where a lot of artists I've gotten to talk to and discuss with, they aren't concerned about being able to own a Porsche when they're 85 or to own the white picket fence house and things like that. It would be nice. It, it would be nice, but the things that make us happy exactly. and the things that we do and the reason we do the things that we do and why we struggle so much is because our values are based around curiosity, 
creativeness and things like that. Yeah. And I see those values as really good. And I see those things and I really witness that and not only you, but also a bunch of different people of, you've had a lot of uphill battles, period, end of story. There's no going around that. Yeah. But you've also made the most out of it in the most creative ways you could. Um, one of my favorite things, and I told you this um, when we graduated, because we went to that same high school, same year, 2018. I have cried during very few speeches, and I listen to a ton of them, and I enjoy listening to a ton of them. From Martin Luther King Jr., Dalai Lama, Muhammad Gandhi, everybody like that. I've cried very during very, very few of them. George was our speaker for our graduation. Yes, I was. Um, and I can assure you that I cried during that speech. Um, more specifically, I cry on the part of influencing others in a positive way. One part of your speech, I can't remember it verbatim, you but <laughs> you still have it. Nice. Um, but verbatim, it was just saying that what we do is more or less just for us, but for the people around us. Because at the end of the day, it's us and not me. And I really enjoyed that comment from you. Um, how do you feel today and in looking to the future about how you are influencing other people and how other people are influencing you? Holy shit, I never really thought about that. <laughs> like how I influence. It's weird, but like before, before you say anything, I just want to... Say to everyone, uh, Donovan just said I was better than Martin Luther King Jr. I, okay. Lama, <laughs> I just wanna suck a dick, motherfuckers. <laughs> better than equality. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Sorry. Okay. How I influence people. <laughs> I really don't fucking know how I influence people. Right. I, cause. I mean, you, you you can say this for yourself as a, as a fellow artist. It's like, you don't really know the effect that you're having on people until, like, they start coming up and telling you. Mm -hmm. And then you, like, like it doesn't end up, like, you, you don't register the fact, like, oh, shit, like, mm. people like what I'm doing. Right. Like, like for, for if you take a gorgeous picture, which many, many, many pictures you do take are gorgeous, um, like... You, you can see, like, other when other people ask to, like, use your photos and mm. images on, like, on their work because they like your specific thing and right, I guess right. like I have no idea where I'm going with this but um <laughs> I I it's hard to gauge how you influence people mm. and I what's I don't, your hope my hope so is that especially I, with people in like the artist realm we do a lot of stuff for ourselves yeah um I've yeah. I've witnessed this as I get older um there is a message and a principle and a moral and a value behind what yeah. I do. And it's likewise for my other artists. What is your hope for when some when you die, what is the okay. message that you want George Aguilar to be remembered by? Um, the principle behind him. Yeah. It's that if you're and I don't want to make this just about mental health, but like something that I know if if I am lucky enough and blessed enough to, to be successful in life, right. which fingers crossed, everybody, please <laughs> crush me, um, is that yeah, you're gonna have shitty fucking days. Right. Like life is gonna get horrible. 
it's going to be unbearable and you're not going to want to get out of bed. You're going to want to just go ahead, take a couple Zan Xanaxes, fucking down a bottle of Hennessy. Uh, can you cut this out? It's really bad. Uh, <laughs> no, you're, you're going to want to fucking die. You're going to want to kill yourself. You're going to want to end it all, right? And I want my message to be, yeah, you can do that. But you have to... I have to think I, like I know what I want to say but mm-hmm. like it's like okay I think I have what you're, you're gonna cut this out right this little nope nope okay. <laughs> fuck me god damn it someone heard me say two Zans and a Hennessy it's it's saying that like uh don't die until your time has come right it's like I, I know, like, because for me, I, it's, it's a hard struggle. Like, right. days get unbearable. Right. Um, but, like, there's always that creative aspect and have an outlet for for pain. Right. But, like, a safe outlet, right? Mm-hmm. Like, don't, don't, like, obviously, like, drink yourself to death. But, like, have a safe creative outlet. Mm-hmm. Like, whether it be painting, drawing, or I guess painting, drawing, same kind of thing. Uh, painting or, or whatever. But, like... If you're creating and you're expressing yourself, mm-hmm. it takes off that heavy toll that like you bear within your chest, that like that deep despair, that 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 hurt, right? Right. Yeah. And something that like I like doing, it's because like it's it's what made me want to kind of make people laugh. Mm-hmm. It's that like if I can't be happy and make myself laugh might as well make other people laugh because that's going to make me feel yeah better yeah because if you have if you're surrounded by happy people and i know like it's not always uh like easy to be happy around happy people but like if you're around people who love and support you and they're giving you nothing but love and affection you're going to start feeling that yeah and it's going to be something that is going to be all worth it when you've made strong connections with people who love you yeah 100% that took a long time for me to say. It. <laughs> it's good. It got out. That was that was the hope. I really appreciate that. I really like that mindset of just it's bigger. It's bigger than us. Um, yeah. Especially in the creative sense, a lot of what we do is way bigger than us. Um, I think that's the one misinterpretation a lot of people have about creatives, um, about what we do. Um, that, oh, they just want to be famous. Oh, they just want to do this, etc., etc., etc. No, that's not a bonus. It's but... a, it's a bonus for sure, but there's a deeper connection. That was a joke, but he didn't. There's <laughs> a deeper connection, yeah. Yeah, there's it's a deeper connection with who we are and what we do. Um, just as like some closing remarks, what is closing remarks? Holy shit! Yeah, it's been like thirty five minutes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> Let me check one more time to make sure. Yeah, 30. 30. Yeah. Um, I keep talking for days. You're right. You're right. Any topic. Um, but in that sort of sphere, as a close, like not a closing work, but just as a conversation piece, one, what's next for George Aguila? Um, we were talking earlier. I know that was a hard <laughs> little, little chuckle. Um, Put me in the fucking it was, uh, we were talking earlier about constantly being in change. What changes and things are you seeing in yourself lately? Um, and what do you want to happen next? And two, you came from a background in art that was like many people um of you really enjoyed it during 
a lot of your younger years, but you never thought it would be real. And then eventually you have this feeling that you really want to pursue it and find it. What is your recommendation to viewers, listeners, etc., who hear your story? Viewers on a podcast. Viewers on a Sorry. podcast. Um, who hear your story and might be going through the same struggles of I'm dealing with family issues that don't believe in what I want or that I'm, I have this feeling in my gut that I want to do this, I want to do this, but how do I do it? What is your recommendation to those folks? Yeah. Um, so starting off with the first question, which is what's next for me? Uh, or like, wait, was that the mm-hmm. question? Okay. Yeah. So obviously um, I want to like break out in comedy, mm-hmm. like any, any, any means necessary. Right. right. Like I, I want to kind of like, obviously, as I said before, bring happiness to people. But, like, I guess hopefully eventually making it SNL, and then from there hosting a show, or even breaking out into movies and whatnot, because I've, I've always loved movies, so I still do. Um, Oscars made me mad. Can we talk about the Oscars? Can we take a quick... We can take a quick side talk. Okay. Yeah. I just want to say, um, anyone who supports Bohemian Rhapsody being nominated for <laughs> any Oscar, except for Best Actor... <laughs> You're, you're goddamn wrong. But it won, it won like three or four. It did. Oscars for soundstage. Okay, hold on. So I'm gonna go ahead. And I'm gonna <laughs> present my argument for that. <laughs> okay. So you got sound editing and you got sound mixing, yes. right? I'm gonna go ahead and give them for sound mixing. Okay. Right. I'm gonna be generous with that one. Okay. Sure. Maybe fucking throw them a bone, right? <laughs> fucking sound editing, motherfuckers. I can edit a Queen song onto a. <laughs> Onto a video. I can lip sync the same shit. And I know it's like not, it's not like you have to lip sync imperfectly. But like, thinking about like, First Man was such a better example of that. Even though First Man was also a boring fucking movie. Um, I also, I, I recommend it if you like Space or Ryan Gosling being like serious for two hours and 30 minutes. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm not, I don't support Bohemian Rhapsody being yeah. nominated for that award. Rami Malek, 100% deserved that award. Yeah. Like, I mean, there was no one else in the running for, like, best actor. Yeah, like, yeah. I guess, I don't even want to say Bradley Cooper, but, like, I'm not going to say Bradley Cooper. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, there's that. There's that. Um, and then Green Book. <laughs> like, I'll give best you that. There was, <laughs> there was a lot. What the fuck? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I just want to know fucking why. Like, the, okay, I have gripes with it to begin with because yeah. the family of uh, of of Doctor, um, what's his name? I forgot. Of, of the guy who Mahershala Ali plays, the the, the actual pianist. Uh, his family like didn't want the movie to be made. Just in general, he he they're saying like, yeah, we don't want the like we never wanted a movie to be made, and it was the driver's family who like did end up doing it. And so like. That was like whole other situation. Yeah, yeah. You guys can go ahead and look it up on yourselves. It's uh, it's actually quite a, quite a good story to read, which proves why Green Book didn't deserve this picture. But like, <laughs> I think also some like like what I am happy about is uh, Roma winning so much. Roma did do very because well. that was probably one of my favorite, especially foreign films. It was it was a breakout. It was fantastic. I was really and I'm not saying this just because I'm Mexican, okay? So for you motherfuckers saying oh, it's in Roma one, <laughs> Mexican. No, okay? Um, no, the reason why it's just because it's such if you think about it in the context of film history, mm-hmm. like it hasn't like when have you seen like 
an indigenous woman be casted in the lead role and not not only indigenous but like of of mexican descent mm -hmm. like like that it blows yeah. my fucking mind because like not only like i feel like like all minorities are underrepresented in hollywood 100%. right um but especially the indigenous community and i'm not just saying like mexican indigenous i'm talking in general yeah yeah right like that it's such a shame that like mm -hmm. That and and I don't I don't want to say race has anything to do with it because I don't want to yeah, jump yeah, that right jump there. that that rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. But like, there is a problem, and it it should be fixed. Mm -hmm. But when is it gonna get fixed? It's true. I've yeah. I did really enjoy that this year was really not dedicated, but there was a lot of movies that honored the the a diversity that is the film industry now. Yeah. Um, like it's the most cliche topic, but. Crazy Rich Asians was an impeccable film I love that, that allowed the Asian community to break out. Yeah, into, especially and I, I like the decision to not go to Netflix with the yeah. bigger budget because yeah. then you had nationwide appeal mm -hmm. and like we saw what that nationwide appeal did. Yeah. It did fucking it brought huge numbers and it brought everybody to the front cool. lines yeah. at A-listers. Mm -hmm. Like, like it blows my fucking mind. Yeah. Um, a side note about little Asian communities, a, a movie that did win an Oscar that I truly believe was was worth it, Val winning. Oh, that was fucking, <laughs> I love that fucking love, short film. Love, oh my god. Animated short that fucking film. short film made me fucking cry. That was probably I cried one like of my a little favorite short films this year. Bao winning the Oscar for animated short was incredible. Oh, fuck. I, I'm going... I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to Bao, and then I'm gonna go to something else. Okay. Bao fucking made me cry like a bitch at the end, and then here I am crying in the movie theater, about to watch The Incredibles yeah. 2, and I'm like, I'm crying, but this shit's fucking amazing! Yeah. And then Spider-Man came out, and I'm like, blue Incredibles out of the fucking water. 100%. Holy shit, was Spider-Man so good. Yes. Spider-Man did oh absolutely my God. amazing as an animated, as purely, and it's hard saying directed when you're an animated film, but yeah, as, it's weird to think of that. Yeah, because you have to think like, about it, like, like oh, at the end yeah. of the day, animated films and things like that still are films in general. There is a direction and production team and everything like that, and they did very, very well. They did a fantastic job. Crafting that storyline, especially with the fact that you did not have to understand the overall idea of which Spider -Man is of Spider-Man or, like or Spider-Verse. Because that's a very big that's subject a huge in the fucking, comic universe. Whenever you get into like parallel universes yeah. and shit, that's when you lose people. But they crafted it incredibly well yeah. for an audience that may not have known about parallel that universes. side of the Spider-Man universe. And I really appreciate the fact that they did that. They did um, a great job. Yeah. The was... Lord and other guy... Great job, guys. <laughs> yeah, it was... The Oscars this year, they had their codes and they had their codes yeah, like every year. Like, every year. But, definitely. I love the Melissa McCarthy and, um... And Brandon Tree... Oh, Tree Tree. Wait, is it Tree Henry? Or Brandon... Point yeah. being, you guys, you know what I'm talking about. I, I love that, like, little bit when they came out in the costume. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> it's a stupid bit, but, like, I'm a child, so of course I'm gonna fucking laugh at that. <laughs> No, uh, back back to the best pictures, which was a whole tangent that I went on. Yeah, um, yeah. I think, yeah, Green Book did not deserve best picture. Yeah. Um, the movies that I am gonna say deserve best picture: mm -hmm. Black Klansman. Black Klansman. Okay. Black Klansman, Roma, or Vice. 
Best Picture. And I think this is mainly coming from a directing and film standpoint within me. I would give Best Picture to Roma. Um, and the reasoning why um, I would pick Best Picture for Roma over Black Klansman, Roma did original film styles impeccably well and how it was how the cinematography and craftedness of those shots throughout the movie were incredible there are very amazing scenes and portions of black klansman all the way from the full church scene um black klansman is an amazing movie yeah Please watch it folks <laughs> from the church scene educate and you and to um from the church scene the opening scene with the um, with the first Klansman meeting and everything else in between, those scenes were very, very well crafted. I feel like Roma held true to a lot of incredible film styles and maneuvers throughout the entire movie, and that's why I would give Best Picture to um, to Roma instead of Black Klansman. Don't get me wrong, absolutely, I, it's, it's like it's like a tie, with, like yeah. like because I there's such fantastic films. 100%. And going back to like the the, the Going, uh, like the cinematography aspect mm -hmm. of Roma, like Alfonso Cuaron did something that like no other director has ever done before, which was win cinematography and best director. Mm -hmm. Like that's unheard of. Like yeah. there's Scorsese hasn't done that shit. James Cameron won't do that shit. <laughs> uh, fucking who? Like any any director? Like you can pull mm -hmm. anyone out. Like they haven't done that, and mm -hmm. I think that's something amazing with what that film did was that. Like, it was just gorgeous to look at. Yeah. Like every every as every frame of that has something mm -hmm. to attract your eye, yeah. and not only does it attract your eye, and you, and yet it can it can divert your focus, mm -hmm. but you're always paying attention on the main character. For anyone who hasn't point. watched Roma in, in its entirety, to get an idea of what we're watching, just watch the trailer. How beautiful the trailer looks is how the entire movie looks throughout the entire. Put movie. subtitles on. <laughs> it's in Spanish. I understood it perfectly. I was like, oh, mira, que bonito esta película. Everyone's going to be like, I don't understand their language. <laughs> but yeah, it was, yeah, no, the Oscars was, had, good, their, yeah. had their pros and cons as they do every year. Um, but I feel like there were some deserving titles. I feel like I should have hosted. <laughs> we, we should have had a host to begin with. I'm not even going to get into hosting. <laughs> I mean, I, I, the amount of times I tweeted, which was twice, <laughs> uh, I tweeted twice at the Academy. I was like, let me host. A couple people supported it and, uh, I didn't receive a call. <laughs> I have, I have an entire opening number already. Oh yeah. I have it written out, all ready to go. Uh, I got my, I got my, I'm not going to have a guest host, but like, I got my people picked out who's going to present the awards. I got, yeah, I got shit planned out. Other topic. A rather note before we continue on with the discussion we were having earlier um, about the Oscars, first Marvel movie to win an Oscar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say, so, um, Black Panther didn't deserve to get nominated for Best Picture, mm -hmm. but um, Sebastian brought up a great point. Sebastian Cazares, mm -hmm. it's it's a monumental film. Yes. If you think about the context that what it did, mm -hmm. right? Because like. Other huge, huge, huge pictures have been nominated for the same reason. Star Wars, Jaws, I can't name any more. <laughs> but like, like films that are like 
key staples mm-hmm. in pop, not only pop culture, but like, mm-hmm. like, like actual history. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not saying Wakanda's fucking real, but like, I'm saying like it brought more light mm-hmm. to like. I don't want to go. I guess like, I don't want to say the African community, but like, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, like, no. It brought more light to there, like. I had this conversation with um, somebody that I knew when the movie first came out. Yeah. The existence of a full feature Black Panther movie finally gave African American kids a superhero they wanted to yeah. be. Yeah. And I really appreciate that. Being African American and being a kid who I want to be Spider Man. Oh shit, Spider Man's white. Oh shit, Captain America's white. And I know like there's a lot of people that, that shit. There's a lot of people who are gonna take like, oh, it's just a comic or whatever. But to a kid growing up, being you able look to, up to yeah, those people. Being able like, to finally have somebody to look up to and have faith in. That's amazing. And I really, I think that the Oscars or any sort of award, there should be an award that exists for most influential movie of the year. Um, uh, I Yes and no. Mm-hmm. Like, because you're not going to have an influential movie every year. That's true. Like, like influential movies like come once every, I get, I don't mm. want to even like put a time slot on it because they yeah, can come yeah. every year, every 10 years, every two, three, four, yeah. whatever. But like, I see where you're coming from mm-hmm. and like like there yeah there should be some um some like type of recognition yeah for like movies that had a big cultural fuck like mm-hmm. impact like yeah because even like the cons film festival the one of the biggest awards is the golden leaf which is that award given to the film in which everybody who attended the cons film festival said that voted that's a, that that's that's, a, that's an influential film or that's an impactful film yeah. there's no context to it it just said, which film do you feel like left the biggest impact on you? And I really appreciate that, that there's a... Uh... I feel like that could be, like, not people voted, but, like, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. Just, like, because it gives people a say. Because there's this weird separation oh, yeah. for the Oscars. Yeah. Like, because no one gets to vote in them unless you're in the Academy. Academy. And already, it's so hard to get into the Academy. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think, like, the, like not, the people should have... A voice because we're paying money for all yeah, these fucking 100%. tickets. But like, yes, I see what you mean. Yeah. Um, back to like the, the Black Panther Oscars. Um, but yeah, I guess in that in that case, yeah, it did deserve the nomination. But like, film wise and everything else, no, <laughs> no. Fair enough. Fair Neither enough. Neither did Bohemian Rhapsody, but everyone knows my gripes with Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Point being, um, Black Panther. I think it did deserve best costume and design. Yeah. That was like, every like. I like I love looking at the at the city of Wakanda. Yeah. Like that sense. city like it's just it's so like yeah. lustrous, yeah. like vibrant, colored. I, I also it's... adore that the actors every actor in the Black Panther series, any award show or anything that they attend they walk in like they just came from home in Wakanda. They like, fucking they, like, they walk in with so much fucking yeah. sauce. <laughs> like like, oh like my, my prom suit was based Woo. off of seeing their suits. Now like this is amazing. I was uh, like I should have gone to prom in like a sombrero and like the whole like mariachi <laughs> outfit, but like a modern mariachi. I don't know what the fuck a modern mariachi it would be, but like you get what I'm saying? Like yeah. modern. Hundred percent. All right, so. That, that was a nice stand. That, that was, was a nice sidebar. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> talking about the uh, talking about the Oscars. So just as uh, the closing to this, um, you you have been not only an inspiration to me as an artist of perseverance and everything like that. Um, 
you have gone through a lot of, I don't want to say turmoil, um, but you have gone through a lot of ups and downs in your creative journey, in your personal journey, because they are coinciding. They are hand in hand. Yeah. When you are feeling these tough and hard emotions, you don't want to create, and that's obvious. We're both getting older. We're both growing up. I feel it in the back. And we, <laughs> we understand that there is another generation of artists and people coming. Yeah. Your words to those people who are struggling, who are going through it, who are having these feelings in their gut, but they don't know what to do about it. What is your recommendation to those kids? Just say fuck it. Right. Like, what do you really have to lose? Okay. Like, yeah, you might embarrass yourself. And granted, I do that on a daily basis. <laughs> but after that embarrassment's over, like, you feel confident. Like, you're like, shit, I just did that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're going to think about embarrassment, like, what, like 10 years in the future. You're just, like, at a fucking shopping mall and you're like, shit, I did that. And then she's going to be haunting you for the rest of the day. But, like, in the end, like, if that makes you a better person, more confident, mm -hmm. then that was worth it. That embarrassment is worth it. And I, um, I'd say just like, be confident within yourself because if you know that like, just something in the back of your head's telling you like, you can do this, like you're talented, like, you know this, but like you're denying, you're like, ah. Like listen to that voice in your head, but like with modesty. Yeah. Don't, don't let like the, the fame and like, and like being talented go to your head because you can come off as a fucking asshole. And I've done that, I'm sorry everybody. I've once or twice, maybe three times. That's it, I'm sorry. Um, I just sound like a dick right there, fuck. <laughs> no, but like, yeah, like don't, don't, don't be a dick about how talented you are. Mm -hmm. Like people are gonna know you're talented by you showing them, mm -hmm. not by you like, Showing them, like showing off. Yeah, yeah. That was a really repetitive sentence. It's all good, man. Well, George Aguilo. Yes. Thank you for your story, for thank, your thank you for ambition and what you do. Having and me here. And I truly wish you the best on everything you and, do. And I to you, my my Sounds friend. Sounds good. We're cool, shaking cool. hands. We are right shaking now. hands. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, my friend.